Um, anybody chilly this morning? Is it just me? Uh, I'm chilly. <laughs> um, but you know why? Look at the Christmas tree. Christmas means snow. You look all around, there's Christmas themes. I wonder what images of Christmas come to your mind when you think of Christmas. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way, away in a manger. Some ideas. Maybe a Christmas movie, maybe Christmas trees, maybe candles, or maybe for some of us we struggle with sadness. Um, Often Christmas can be a time of, of loss as well. But I wonder if underneath all those things that come to our mind, those images, we might have a deep desire. So when we think of Christmas, we think of all the nice things, we think of family, we think of food. I wonder if underneath all that, we have a deep desire to have a Christmas where we are deeply and truly loved, where we're deeply and truly known. A desire maybe just to see our family happy. We put ourselves through so much just to be good enough to be loved and accepted by other people. We buy nice things. We buy nice houses. We buy nice vehicles. We buy nice clothes. We stress in front of the mirror. We fret over our Snapchat photos. We count our Instagram likes. The competition seems so real. We feel the peer pressure of the group. We do things we don't really want to do just so we can maybe feel accepted and feel loved. We wish we were noticed and we wish we were loved. Today we get to look at a story from the New Testament where one man remarkably loved someone else. A man who I believe gave to someone what we are all looking for, the desire to be seen, noticed, and loved. Incidentally enough, this story is the Christmas story as seen through the eyes of Joseph, the husband of Mary, who was the mother of Jesus. Now, Joseph had no Christmas lights, no Christmas trees, and no movies. He was an ordinary guy doing ordinary things. Now, I would say if you had a Bible with you, I'd get you to follow along, but today that's actually going to be quite complicated because I'm going to jump around in the Bible. But starting in Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to read us a quick story of the birth of Jesus. And there should be uh, slides up for this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. 
the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and she gave him the name Jesus. And then in Luke, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. I'm going to retell you this story in my own words. I've done some research on this story, and I've used some imagination. So don't take everything you hear today as literal fact, but take it as something as close as possible to the way Joseph and Mary's life would have been at that day. First of all, Joseph loved his fiancée, Mary. As a young 19-year-old, he had just saved up enough to feel like he could start a family. That was the normal pattern. You got yourself financially stable and married a girl who was a few years younger than yourself, perhaps 13 to 16 years old. Joseph's expertise lay in craftsmanship, like carpentry. He didn't see Mary that often, and when he did, it was in group settings. He'd never spent really any time with her alone. The really conservative families would never allow dating couples to be alone together at all. That was a big no-no. Really, it was Joseph's family and Mary's family that had decided that Joseph and Mary were going to be a couple. It wasn't up to Joseph or Mary at all to decide if they were going to be together. But that wasn't unusual to Joseph. That was the way life was. They had gotten engaged or betrothed a few months prior. The engagement was a big deal. In one sense, it was like marriage, only they couldn't be together. Now, the fact of their marriage was very solid, and the engagement they were in could only be broken by divorce. In all respects, for sure, Mary was going to be Joseph's wife. Joseph loved God. He gave so much diligence to the church traditions and the ceremonial laws of the time. He visited the synagogue. And he visited the synagogue and the local church and spent there 
spent his time there almost every single Sabbath day. It would only be a matter of time before he took on the normal duties of a married man and became a father to a family. He would have to work hard. The Roman occupation definitely had its major challenges. So many people, including himself, longed for an end to this. It seemed that God had been silent for so long. The last words from God through the prophets had fallen quiet some 400 years earlier. About 100 years ago, Judas Maccabee had tried to revolt against the Romans, and that had failed. Was there hope for the future? Hard to say. For now, Joseph busied himself with work, marriage planning, and his deep religious commitments. But then, things had had begun to get so hard to understand. Word had come to him that Mary was pregnant. The shock was enormous. He couldn't believe it. Pregnant? How? Why? He had thought. Joseph was dumbfounded, confused. What was going on? Mary had left now for her cousin's home to live with her cousin Elizabeth. In her old age, Elizabeth had gone pregnant, now six months into her pregnancy. Mary would be away for three months living with Elizabeth until Elizabeth's due date. Joseph no longer felt like life was normal. He was seemingly faced with impossible decisions. He agonized, he prayed, he stressed. What was he meant to do? Mary had told him of a strange visitation she had from an angel who told her that the Holy Spirit was going to cause Mary to conceive. What was he supposed to do with that story? Was it true? Mary had always seemed like a person of good character, but pregnant now? The law that he so carefully followed told him that he'd have to divorce Mary. He'd have to get legal papers written up. He could take her to court. That would be a really big deal. More public. Everyone would know, and he felt bad for the shame this would bring. But then again, there was another way. Still, the legal papers were necessary, but just two or three witnesses were all it would take. They could do this more quietly. He couldn't imagine himself in this situation. Before the Romans had come, women who got pregnant while still living at their parents' home were sometimes stoned. That's what God's law said. Now the Romans wouldn't allow executions without their approval. Joseph shuddered. He couldn't imagine his Mary facing this. She was only a teenager. Sure, there was this dream, but how much weight should he put on it? He saw Mary as a young, beautiful teenager. He had heard of her pious devotion to God. He loved her, not just because they were engaged. He saw her as a person, as a human, and his compassion moved him. His heart broke, but it seemed the only thing to do. Troubled sleep overtook him. Then a dream. An angel had showed up in the dream, calling him Joseph, son of David. Son of David? Son of David was only given to certain people, to special people. David was his ancestor of 28 generations ago, almost a 1,000 years ago. What could that mean? 
Then the angel had told him to not be afraid to take Mary as his wife. This baby, the angel said, was from the Holy Spirit. Jesus was to be the boy's name. Jesus, who would save people from their sins. He had awoken, his heart pounding. Really? Take Mary as his wife? His mind raced. People would think. People would think he had gotten Mary pregnant. People would find him to be a bad guy now. The realization of the normal carpenter life seemed so distant now. The next thing was to stand by Mary's side and give her all the support she deserved. His life shift shifted on a dime. There was one priority now, being obedient to God even though being obedient would cost so much. There would be no divorce. Thank God for that. But there would be shame. There would be hurt. There would be gossip. Joseph was resolved. Mary was back in town now. The three months had gone by. Joseph had told her of his dream and how he would stand by her. In their brief encounter, Mary had looked at him, tears welling up in her eyes, tears that seemed to come from so deep within. This man would stand by her? He would love her. He would care for her. In some ways, Mary had been so scared. She had wondered if anyone would understand. Would anyone believe her? Would she be seen? Would she be loved? Then, here he was, promising to follow through with the wedding, seeing her, loving her. Joseph's commitment would be tested over and over. Little did he know that an upcoming trip to Bethlehem before their wedding for a Roman census would catch them on Mary's due date. Mary would give birth after he had searched for a place to stay. Only a stable in a cave was available. Joseph would later find himself preparing a feeding trough for the newborn baby. Not much more is said about Joseph in the scriptures. Later, he took Jesus to be circumcised and brought Jesus up, participating in the religious commitments that devout Jews followed. Everyone knew Joseph as the father of Jesus. Everyone saw him as the guy who got her pregnant, although it was untrue. There was a cost to the obedience. There was a cost to the love. What is your image of Christmas? Is it one where underneath all the festivities or even the hurt that you have, that you just long to be seen and loved? Do you long deeply for a Joseph in your life? Do you have a Joseph in your life? Someone who sees you for more than your superficial story? Someone who is willing to see you for who you really are? Someone who's willing to stand by you when it seems no one else will? For someone who is willing to take pain for your good? If you long for this, I can assure you that there can be a Joseph in your life. It is Jesus. Today, he sees you. He sees you much deeper than your superficial story. He understands you. 
and he will stand by you no matter the cost. Already he has shown his deep love by taking so much cost on himself as to give himself in death for our well-being. The other day I was wrestling inside. Questions like, do I understand the gospel enough? Sometimes I struggle to understand what the scriptures teach. Sometimes there are such hard things in life. How do I keep a vision of God that is good? In these times, there are no logical answers for me. There's nothing someone can say that fixes this for me. A few of us had gathered early on a Sunday morning to pray. There in the silence, a few of us gathered. Jesus spoke to my heart. You know what he said? I love you, Jeremy. I see you. Give me the thing you can't understand. Give me how you beat yourself up. It's good that you work hard to follow me, but give me the worry. Give me the anxiety. Give it to me. Jeremy, it's me doing a work inside of you. Relax into my care for you. I left that morning lighter and more at peace. Why? Because I had a Joseph in my story. Only this Joseph wasn't a human. Jesus saw me. He knew me. He loved me. And he reminded me of that. This Christmas, you can have a Joseph. You can have a much better than a Joseph. His name is Jesus. But are you willing to be a Joseph for someone else? Are you willing to be Christ-like in your love for others? Today, are you willing to make yourself available? You may have plans. You may have dreams. Are you willing to give those over to God? Are you willing to have those interrupted for the sake of someone else? There's never going to be another virgin birth of Jesus, and you will never be asked to take on the same responsibility as Joseph. Yet, in your own life, in your own circle of friends, Jesus is going to ask you to risk your reputation and your dreams for the sake of someone else. It won't always be in something big. I wonder, can we slow down to hear what our friends and family are actually saying to us? Do we just hear the annoyance or the frustration? Or do we see a person in front of us? I would be guilty so many times of not seeing my wife, not seeing the pain or the hurt, and centering only on how I am frustrated myself. In our kids or with our family, do we see a person underneath all the behavior that at times makes us upset? Might we be able to realize that at times underneath bad decisions or behavior is a history of terrible things done to a person? In a divisive culture today, one of politics and many more things, do we just see arguments or do we see people? God will ask you to see the person in front of you even though it is going to cost you. It will be at those times that when we remember how much God has given for us, 
that we will have the courage to follow through. At this time, I am just going to pray and invite Nathan and the worship team up. And just closing with those two main points in your mind. One being, am I willing to give myself for the person in front of me? And second, knowing that today we can have a Joseph in our life. And if today you know you long for that comfort and that love that can come from that, from that Joseph, but you've never experienced it, today is a day where you can start that relationship with Jesus with someone that says, I know you, I see you, I want to be with you. And so I'm just going to uh, ask us to just bow our heads and pray. And uh, the Lord is here, so let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that you are more than a Joseph. You are the one that sees us and knows us and loves us. You desire that. We don't clean ourselves up before we get to you, but that you come to us and you say, I want to do a work inside of you today. God, help us to let down the walls and the barriers and all the things that we would have in our ideas of who you are that would make us want to run away from you. God, come to us. Thank you that you do see and you do hear. And Lord, today, we're wanting to say to you, use us and make us available to you to be used to be a Joseph to someone around us. Give us eyes to see those in front of us that we would say, I see you. I hear you. God, help us not to only see all the things that are often so easy to see, but help us to see the person in front of us. God, it is to you that we give ourselves today. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.